If you have any questions about being a tiny home dweller or what it takes or live life on the road, if you want to live in a van, if you want to live in an ambulance, I know that this may sound weird at first, but trust me, once you start meeting these people, it's incredible. And it's something that I've been wanting to do. So when Josh agreed to come on and chat with us, I was like, absolutely. Josh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to, what you're doing, or a little bit about your background? Right now, I am doing the Colorado Tiny House Festivals. There's two of them this month. The first one was the actual Colorado Tiny House Festival. The second one is the People's Tiny House Festival coming up this weekend. I've been a full-time dweller, simple living advocate for five years now. I've lived in three different tiny homes. I've lived in a tiny house, I've lived in a schoolie, and now I'm in a converted SWAT team vehicle. It's been an adventure. I put over 365,000 miles on my three houses in the last five years, and I'm just loving life. I'm living That's it. brilliant, man. That is wonderful. You're literally, you're traveling all over the U.S., and maybe have you been to Canada as well, or just the U.S.? I haven't been out of the United States. So just within the continuous 48, I've done 39 of the 48 states over the last five that years. That is so brilliant and wonderful. Where were you living before? Were you in a, in a traditional house or condo or apartment? Well, I lived in a house in a way, in a sort of sense. My past was rough. I, I, I don't know if you want to go into that. I don't have any problem going into it. Sure. I started out life rough. When I was nine years old, me and another kid just happened to be walking through the neighborhood. It was around Christmas time. We were just taking mail out of the mailboxes and we were ripping it up, just throwing it on the ground. Nine-year-old kids just being malicious. So I was sent away to a 30-day boot camp for that, what was supposed to be just a juvenile boot camp. After the 30 days was up, nobody came pick me up. For the next seven years, I was in and out of group homes, juvenile institutions. I bounced around a lot between 28 group homes in the next seven years. I stayed in trouble. I really didn't understand anything different. I didn't learn anything different. It was a rough beginning. I wound up staying in trouble even after i became an adult altogether i did 24 years nine months 16 days and 11 hours in prison in my life wow. i didn't get off of parole and off of probation until 2017 and 71 days later i had finished building my first tiny house and sold everything i owned left everything i knew behind and hit the road I haven't looked back since, and it's been the freest, most, most egregious act of self-love I could give myself was to forget everything that I had learned in my past and learn new. I'm, in essence, this last five years, this lifestyle, and more importantly, the community has given me a reason not to go back. Community has given me a reason to appreciate tomorrow. That's been the one thing that the world has given back to me that I never thought I would ever receive. Thank you for sharing that because not everyone would be willing to share that story. There's almost so much irony in your story in that, that you grew up almost in this well, coincidence and irony, I think, because you grew up in this tiny environment, really being constricted and close. And yet here you are still in a tiny environment, but you're also ironically in a SWAT van. You know? yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, kind of a turn of events there for sure. <laughs> yeah, you just can't seem to get out of the back of a patrol car, buddy. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it, man. Congratulations, because it's such a story of redemption that you have there, my friend. And I don't know if you do motivational speaking. I do get up on stage for festivals. I've been a tiny house MC for festivals for going on three years now. It's been a release. It's been a way for me to talk about it cleanly and plainly to somebody without having any regret in my heart. So that's good. Physically speaking, you have an amazing voice and I'm sure you hear that from people all the time. I can see you doing voiceover, acting, motivational speaking, TEDx talks things like that. Again, what an incredible redemption story. And it just shows you that men can change, humans can change. You have so much to offer to the world besides your story, but your skills and things like that. You actually build homes for other people, tiny homes. Is that what you I do. So I'm, I'm kind of like Johnny on the spot. Over the last five years, I've been traveling around the country, all over the country, helping other people either complete their tiny homes or start a brand new build, one or the other. I say I'm Johnny on the spot because I'm actually parked on the side of the road right now, and I have a bus behind me. As soon as I get done with this chat, I'm going to build his front door. We're literally parked on the side of the road, and I can just pull my tools out and build his front door right on the side of the road, no problem. He broke his glass, and he's putting a glass door in so that he can see out of the side of his bus. I could just do it on the side of the road, pull up and build it right here. Yeah. I'm definitely just on the fringe of this community and you're really the first one that got back to me. And I just started reaching out to people. I found you so interesting because of the videos that I saw of you on YouTube, especially because you're in a SWAT van because I think my ultimate one would be something exactly like what you have or a ambulance. So I'm on the fringe, <laughs> but seeing that there is such a community, you guys are so helpful to each other where it's like, Josh, I, can you help me build this door? You're like, yes, I can. I know other people are like, hey, can you give me some information on batteries or what systems to use? Everyone just seems to be so helpful. It's like these caravans sometimes where people traveling the US or meeting up, like you said, in festivals. Are you in Colorado right now or how far from Colorado are you? I am in Colorado right now. I'm actually in Loveland. The festival is going to be on the 16th. It's the People's Fest. It'll be my first time attending this specific fest, only because I was doing other ones across the country, and I just happened to miss out on this one before. But this specific festival will be my first time. But they're all pretty much, I imagine, the same. I don't think it's going to be any different this time. The community will be there, so come see us. <laughs> Wonderful. Are there fees to attend these festivals? Yeah, they have tickets just like at the door. Um, I think this one's $10 at the door. You can get it $5 online. Wonderful. And I'm sorry, do you get charged to go there or do I? As an attendee. Got it. Yeah, because you're the entertainment, if you will. We're, we're, right? Yeah, the showcase. <laughs> the showcase. So do Where's you open it? your homes for people to peek in, jump in? and uh, Absolutely. That... All the doors are open. Everything's open. I'm standing there, and you can go in and look around and, and get comfortable if you want. Check it out. See how it fits you. You can do that with every house that's at the festival. And then we're standing right there by our dwelling, so you can talk to us and ask us any questions and pull our ideas. Honestly, that's what it's for. It's for you to, as an attendee, to come to the show and pick our brains and get as much information as you can about it. And we are happy to show it. We love having our ego boost. <laughs> yeah, we love to share any information we can absolutely give you. You should be happy to share that. You should be very proud of the work that you guys have done because 
the craftsmanship that I've seen in some of these builds is beyond, is, is far none. It's phenomenal. I used to live on my boat in Marina Del Rey 15 years ago. So I'm used to a smaller space, but granted it was like a 43 foot yacht. So it wasn't bad, a forward cabin, aft cabin, two heads, whatnot. The things that they are doing in tiny homes to me is incredible. Showers, a toilet, if you will, the galley. Some of them sleep four, some of them sleep eight. I've seen bunk beds. It's the crazy things that, that you're like, ooh, I could definitely live in something like this and travel the world. To me, it speaks to me directly because I have an idea for a travel show where I travel the country and meet people that I've only met via social audio and social videos. It'd be great to be able to, hey, Josh, you know what? I'll be in Colorado in a couple of days. I don't know, it'll just take me a couple of days to drive there or take my time and see the country. It's such a great way of living, I think. It is a phenomenal way of living. I tell people all the time that you can always go back. You can always get a house. You can always buy a piece of property. You can always accumulate your stuff again. That's no problem. But the experience that you will get from living tiny and going on the road, living simply, and just living and experiencing life is more valuable than any dollar amount. It is way more valuable. The connection that you'll make with nature, the connection that you'll make with the community, and the connection that you'll make with yourself are priceless, simply. I can see that. What are some of the experiences that you've had that, that you could maybe share with us that stand out in your mind, whether either people that you've met or experiences that you've had that you would have never had just being stuck at home or stuck in jail, if you will. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing that kind of sticks out to me is the after fest. During festivals, it's usually a new crowd. Mostly it's a new crowd every time. I sometimes see people that I've met on the road or at other festivals. Just to give you an example, at this last one, I only knew two people that had been doing it previously. Everybody else was new. Everybody else was coming into the lifestyle just recently, within the last couple of years. That's been amazing because we constantly get new blood in, and it's constantly refreshing. After festivals, a lot of us will get together somewhere, somewhere off in the mountains. After this last fest, we went up to Medicine Bow, and we hung out at Medicine Bow. We're a diverse group of eclectic people from all over the country coming together, and we live cohesively literally anywhere we go that has been the biggest gift to me that i would have never received or that i would have never looked for is the community aspect of tiny houses i can't iterate to you how important and how fulfilling it's been for me to stay on my path and keep doing this because the community brought me in and they held me they literally would not let me go they do that for everybody with the tribe it's not about where you were. It's not about what you did. It's all about who you are and where you're going. And I'm going to get emotional, but it's beautiful to see because I grew up in an environment filled with hate, just filled with everything negative in life. It's only due to the tribe and the community that I was able to let that knowledge go i was able to unforget everything that i knew and start anew the tribe gave me that the community gave me that that's been the biggest thing in the entire tiny house world that has affected my life has been the people 
They're cool. The tiny houses are cool. They do serve their purpose, I said before. But it is the tribe. It is the community. And I can't tell you how just appreciative I am of that. It's given me so much that I never had before. That's been the blessing for me. That's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that. You really think that because of this tribe, this community, that it kept you on the straight and narrow? And I know you would have done know this. It. Okay. Because yeah. I, I think you would have done this either way on your own because you just, you seem like that type of person. I, I would never judge anyone for their past indiscretions. You served your time, you paid your debt to society, but you really feel and know that this community has helped you 100%, 100%. I give them all the glory. They really did. We're just so tight and we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to live the same way and we're trying to reduce our impact. We're trying to treat the planet better. And in this environment, you can do that. It's all about community, planet, environment, self-resource. To me, it's important. It's very important. Greetings, my Vatos Locos, and welcome to another episode of Paul Vato Presents. I want to sincerely thank you for tuning in. People have been asking what they can do to help support our program. And well, the easiest way is to just head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a like, give us a follow, maybe leave us a review. Also, maybe head on over to Spotify and do the same thing. We're on all the podcasting platforms. So give us a like, give us a follow, share it with your friends. You can also head on over to paulvato.com. And from there, you can follow us across all social media. There's also a link to our Patreon. So for $3, less than a cup of coffee a month, you can help support our program and it would be really appreciated. So thank you for your time. And now back to Paul Votto Presents with our very special guest. Thank you. Wow, I love it. I love it. I love it. The more I learn about this community and the tiny home dwellers and builders, it makes me more and more just look around and go, I can live without all this stuff I did before. Because when you're on a boat, same thing. You have to be strategic about what you own. But even back then, I think we had a storage unit. So we had things in storage. But now I look around, I'm like, I don't need all this stuff. And what a great way for me to be able to explore the country, maybe eventually explore the world. But also, I love your background. I could do Paul Votto Presents. And like now I'm having troubles with my screen in the back. <laughs> I'm trying to create something fake and false in the back. You have this beautiful backdrop. I could do Paul Votto Presents from anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. Absolutely. Um, and then the people that I would meet, maybe I just discovered the purpose of this show, or at least one of my podcasts, which is the tiny home people. Everyone just seems to be so friendly, so nice so kind and so talented, whether they're doing their own builds or they're hiring the right people to do it, or they're buying something that was already built. I would imagine that happens as well, that builds get passed around as people come in and out of the lifestyle. Yeah, it's funny because just about, I'm not gonna say just about, everybody, I'm gonna say everybody that I've ever met that has owned a tiny house, started out in a tiny house, wound up getting another one and wound up going smaller. So I've known people that have lived in big, tiny houses that have moved into schoolies and then have moved into vans. It's a constant evolution. It's amazing how many times it happens, really. But yeah, buses and vans and tiny houses, they're lived in and sold just like any other home. Everybody I've ever known that's lived in a tiny house has gotten another one and has always gotten smaller. So think about that. <laughs> it baffles my mind. It's like you're downgrading 
but yet upgrading because the amenities I see in these vehicles are insane. Again, I think I mentioned it earlier, showers, toilets, grills, and indoor shower, outdoor shower, and it's accepted. Yeah, you shower outside, you put a little thing around you. If there are people around, maybe. So my first tiny house was 66 square feet, and I had everything in it you have at home. Washer and dryer, refrigerator, freezer, Television, DVD, hot water, cold water, clean water, shower, restroom, 100% portable on the road. Everything you needed, everything I needed was in there in 66 square feet. That's 12 feet long by five and a half feet wide. You can imagine how small it is. Very small. And I had all that in there. And I lived in there for almost two years. Put 167,000 miles on that house. I will tell you this, though, about tiny houses that commercially built tiny houses and if i'm wrong please if you're out there in social media world please let me know in the tiny house world commercially built houses are not meant to be on the road they're meant to be moved from the commercial builder to whatever site you're taking it to and then set and maybe move one more time but these houses are not built to be on the road it is in essence they're built the same way a mobile home is, and that would be like taking a mobile home full-time on the road. You wouldn't do that. So commercially built tiny houses, I will tell you that I've never seen a tiny house with over 5,000 miles on it that was ever built by a commercial builder. That's Why a thing that? to think about. That is, that's such a great thing to think about. And you're right, if somebody's out there and they respectfully disagree, we would love to hear about that. I would love so, to. Yes, of course. So it seems like these commercial builders are building more, I don't know, for lack of a better word, maybe they're using tile or they're using things that shouldn't be on the road being jiggled around and moved around. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Or yeah, Absolutely. So the commercial builders, they're in essence, they're building them the same way an RV would be built with staples and glue and press wood. As much as I love them, they're just not meant to be on the road full-time. They cannot handle the earthquake effect of being on the road full-time. Honestly, it's a shame. I would love to see it where these smaller, tiny houses could be on the road more full-time and we would see them out and about more, but it's just simply not so. A lot of them are pulled from the commercial builder straight to a a spot and left. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but... If you have the idea of having a tiny house and putting it on the road full time, I would 100% suggest that you DIY it, you do it yourself. Because commercial builders, just like a regular RV that you buy at a dealership, that's not meant to be on the road full time. It's meant to be on the road maybe a couple months for vacation a year. And then you have several hundred or several thousand dollars worth of maintenance on that vehicle to store it for winter until the next time comes around when you're gonna use it. Unfortunately, tiny houses are the same way. They're not meant to be pulled full-time on the road. The stresses and the, just the avalanche and earthquake effect of being on the road just tears the houses up. I can't tell you how many I've fixed because people tried it in the beginning. Wow, I see. I would imagine DIY, I mean, you know every square inch intimately of your home that you can fix, you can upgrade, you're doing all this yourself, so you know how to fix it if it's broken. Absolutely. It gives you the advantage of knowing every system in your house and where everything goes. You can overbuild without fear of consequence. That's the big thing is overbuilding. If DIYs, they're all overbuilt, they're all structurally very strong. That I know of, there's only three of us on the planet 
Again, if I'm wrong, please, social media world, let me know. But as far as I know, there's only three of us on the planet with over 100,000 miles on our houses. Three. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, please reach out and let us know because maybe this podcast becomes ground zero for that. The DIY versus commercial building. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Ready to battle. That's the beautiful thing about this platform, Fireside, is that we could have two or three people up here all on video. Hey, prove us wrong type of a thing. Exactly. I think, Josh, you would find a great home here on Fireside. I would love if you have time when you're set up to do the tour and people are coming through, I'd love to jump on again and maybe you can give us a tour of your home. You can give us a tour of the festival, almost just like a like show on television, if you will, for Travel Channel. I would absolutely love to do that. We can do that right before the festival kicks off after everybody's set up. I absolutely love to do that with you. That would be wonderful. You said that's the 16th of this month. So we're July, 2022. 16th yep. of July is the... People's Festival. What is it? The People's Festival in Colorado? The People's Tiny House Festival, yes. It's this People's weekend, yeah. Tiny House Festival. The one you just attended? Colorado was Tiny House Festival. Are they the same people that are running it or different organizations? No, di- different organizations. They've both they've both been doing it for at least five years now, but they do it in different areas of Colorado. This one's in Loveland. The other one was in... Oh. I forgot the name of the town. <laughs> right outside of Denver. Basically, it's all around the Denver area. Different or- organizers, different event coordinators. I did the Colorado Tiny House Festival, the one I just did a couple weeks ago. I did it back in 2017, and I didn't have the opportunity to come back this way since then. I got to do it again this year. They're absolute blast. They're fun. They're informative. There's food, music, people to talk to. It's a festival atmosphere. And if you're thinking about Tiny... I guarantee you by the time you leave from talking with us, you'll definitely be considering it after that. (laughs) Wonderful. I love it. I'm in Vegas. We have a ton of conventions and events and things like that. I'm in the cigar business. And at one point we had two events that were too close to each other. So they separated. But I almost feel like this is almost the opposite because you're already in the area. So why not do a few festivals? The temperature is probably correct. Maybe it's a little warm. The temperature right now is abysmal. I don't want to talk about the weather. <laughs> it's well, you have air conditioning or uh, how's so, the comfort so level? In here right now, I'm just in shorts and a shirt and it's 67 degrees. But outside, it's probably about 90. It was out to 94 yesterday and it was 82 in here. Not bad. I don't have AC in, in here because... I've been traveling with the weather and I really haven't needed it. That's the good thing about having a house on wheels is you can travel with the weather. I do have fans and I do have tropical coat on the ceiling to reflect the sunlight. It's a lot cooler inside here than it would be outside, even without AC. And that's been okay for me so far. I haven't had to needed the AC yet. Yeah, everyone, round of applause. Thank you. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. And if you guys have any questions, please drop them in the comments. I think at one point, Sebastian said, great work. So thank you for sharing your story. Your tiny home started out as a SWAT vehicle. For those of us that are just joining us, I would imagine very box-like, almost like an ambulance or bigger. It's the exact same body as a wheeled coach ambulance. The body is no different. They upgraded the aftermarket and they upgraded the suspension to hold the weight of what they were carrying and the officers. This was a former Dallas, Oregon police department SWAT unit. 
And as soon as it hit 101,000 miles, they put it up for auction. It's a 1995 Ford E350 cutaway with a wheeled coach ambulance body set on top of it. It is the boxy body of an ambulance, but it was never, no ghost in the machine, it was never used as an ambulance. It would carry eight SWAT members to and from. It was just a transport, it was just for transport. Got it. Of course, it's built tough. I mean, it was really built to handle. It's extremely tough, yeah. If you get a chance, check out the videos of wheeled coach ambulances on YouTube and you'll see they do rollover tests with them and everything. These things are built to last. Yeah, they are. I like the storage compartments on the outside of an ambulance. I like that it has all these compartments where everything has its space. I love the boxiness. So I feel like it makes it easier to do a build in an ambulance or in a SWAT truck like that. It's nice having the all aluminum. You don't have to worry about rust. You don't have to worry about anything breaking off, cracking. The aluminum is very durable. They're easy to work on inside, except for the electrical. The electrical inside, there's 3.1 miles of electrical wiring inside the box. That's a little bit tricky. If you're gonna pull everything out and just start from a new framing perspective, then that's a little tricky to get around. The good thing about that though, I will give you a little caveat to that. The good thing about that is that every wire is marked and labeled. You know exactly what every wire is and where it goes to and what it's connected to. Every one of them is labeled throughout the length of the wire. That makes it easier, but still it's a bird nest of electronics inside, yeah. Sure, I would imagine so because you're dealing with lights, emergency lights, speakers. You're dealing with all these things. All the communications gear, all the, the electric O2 pumps, the oxygen pumps, it's a lot to go through. And you were talking about the outside compartments. The outside compartments are phenomenal. They're so big and you can put so much stuff in them. Rideability and the body ride are not even affected by what you store in it. It's so solid compared to the last two houses I was in. This is structurally, the strongest thing I've seen here. Would you mind talking on financials as far as, did you buy it at auction and how much you paid for it? If you're willing to share, if not, no worries. I, I then... did, I bought it at govdeals.com, which is an auction site that government agencies use to sell old equipment, whether it be vehicles or what have you, anything really. I paid $3,164 for this. It had 101,000 miles on it. The fleet maintenance record was absolutely impeccable. As soon as they go out of service at 100,000 miles, they get another one. You ought to see the new one they got. It's really nice. <laughs> I like the fact that you can go online and pick these up for relatively cheap. Put a little bit of money in it. I put probably have to say probably about seven or 8,000 of my own money in this. So I got about, about 11 in it, minus my time, about $11,000. I had an actual monetary value, but again, your time is more valuable than the dollar. A lot of time went into the build. I got all my wood reclaimed. I tried to cut corners as much as I could. I like the look of old wood anyway, so that's fun for me to do. You can do it relatively cheap. You can achieve this. It's a lot easier than people think it is. You can do this for half the money that I did. I've seen it done for five grand and people living on the road full time. Obviously, as you get more amenities and you're looking for different appliances or such, the monetary value goes up and gets higher. I've seen builds done anywhere from $4,900 all the way up to 160,000. So it yeah. just depends on you. And I'll tell you that I can see no, no, no different quality of life in the $4,000 build 
as I do in the $150,000 build when we're all out on top of a mountainside. It's no different. Life is life. No matter how much money you spend on it, you spend on your dwelling. We're living not only for the moment, but we're living for outside. This is a place where I've noticed the majority of us come to sleep, eat, and maybe work. But life is out there. Life is outside. I open my front door and there's my living room. There's a beauty and there's an adventure in that. And it's a great thing to experience. It really is. That's amazing. You're giving me this wanderlust where I'm like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Somehow at least get involved in the community. Oh, and I was going to mention if there's anything we can do to help you, you are available right now. I know that you have something scheduled, I think, for this month, but maybe that fell through. If you want to tell us a little yeah, bit about I, I'm a builder. As I stated before, I travel all around the country and I help everybody help build their tiny homes. Everything from something that you just can't work through yourself to brand new design and construction. I spent the last six months working and collaborating with a lady to try to get her house completed and get it revamped and refurbished, and it just fell through. I don't have any work for the rest of the year. I'll be looking for some. I'm in Colorado now, but like I said, I travel all over the country. I travel to you. I build on your site. While I'm there, I actually stay there. I don't require anything from you. I'm 100% off-grid. Even my tool trailer that I pull behind my house, it is all the way solar as well. I can pull it up wherever we are in the country, start work right then and there. It gives you the added advantage of actually having your contractor on site for the entire time of the build. As soon as I'm done, I pack up and I'm gone. I move on to the next one. It's like I was never even there. If you come here, rest assured, of course, you're always welcome in my condo. Uh, the offer's there. I get it, though. You don't need me because you have <laughs> a shower, you have a, a toilet, you have everything that you can yep. possibly need. How convenient is that? Now, of course, boundaries, because if you're there 24-7, that means that you're accessible 24-7. Knock, knock. Oh, I have another I, question. You're like, it's 3 in the morning. I have no problem with that. That's the beauty of Tiny House Life is that you can hit me up anytime and I can start work anytime because I'm there. For anyone that's listening that speaks to you and if you need a great builder, definitely check out Artisan Josh's videos on YouTube and follow him on Instagram and across all social media. But definitely check out the quality of his work. And I hope this isn't too personal. What do you charge? Do you charge by the project? Do you charge by the hour? What's the... Um, for on-call work, for like me pulling up and helping on the side of the road, stuff like that, I charge by the hour. I would rather do it by the project, charge by the project. And that 100% completely depends on you. The only thing I would require from a client would be for them to buy the base, buy the vehicle, or buy the container, or buy the schoolie, or buy the shell first if you're going to do that. And then I would come in and build after. I can start new builds with tiny houses. That's absolutely no problem. But as far as containers and schoolies and vans or a vehicle like this is concerned, the client would buy the base, and then I would come in and fill the job. Perfect. That's great. And I think that's so fair that you're going to quote by the project. So if it takes you three days, great. If it takes you three months, there it is. The project is done. Depends on the client. What do you want in your tiny home? How do you want to live? The great thing about having a gentleman such as myself to do it is that I've been living it. I know the life and I know what works and I know the systems. And that's been through trial and error. My first tiny house, God, I love her, but it was a constant flux of I'm living in this and I thought it was going to be this way and I thought it was going to need this one specific thing, but 
Now I don't need it anymore. I was constantly changing things out. To give you an example, I would have showed you around today, but my house was really messy because yesterday I did laundry, but I'm working on this cabinet right here. I pulled this whole huge cabinet out because it was just a big eyesore and, and I didn't really use it that much. So I pulled the entire cabinet out and I'm revamping this little 10 square foot space to be in a new kitchen area. You're constantly gonna update. You're constantly gonna get new ideas. You're constantly gonna have diff different view. It's no different than living in a regular house and remodeling your standalone structure at your regular house. It's no different. You're constantly in a state of flux and living on the road, you're living so simply and you're living so tightly that if you haven't touched it or you haven't used it this month, get rid of it. Yeah, toss it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm constantly, I still think, so this, actually, yeah, I'm looking around now. I still think to this day, I got way too much stuff. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's all about simplifying and simple living and whatnot and getting back to nature. I love everything that you're doing. But I think for me, what really speaks to it is the community. I love meeting new people. Thank you for coming on here and doing the podcast. We would also love to have you on OWL. I'm a brand ambassador for a company called OWL with two W's and two L's. I can't remember if I sent you the info or not. We're always looking for experts. It's a way to monetize your knowledge and your time. I'll send you the link. If you download it, you use VATO, V-A-T-O, all caps, and then you'll get 10 bucks to use on the platform. I'll get 10 bucks. It's a great way for you to talk to experts. If you need financial advice or real estate advice, not that you would need real estate advice. <laughs> you can talk to people, but conversely, when you become an expert on the app, people can then come to you and ask you questions. And instead of having to Google it and spend three or four hours or two days on a deep dive on chat boards and things like that, they can just say, hey, Josh, I've got a question. Can you answer it? And then you charge whatever you want, five bucks for 10 minutes, 10 bucks for 10 minutes, a hundred bucks for 10 minutes, you know, depending on- So it's kind of like doctor. Fiverr, but different. I like Fiverr, but different, like Fiverr. yes. If you don't mind, I'll send you that information. And for anyone that's listening, DM me and I can do the same because we're always looking for more experts on the app. Again, I'm just, I'm a brand ambassador for them. I really believe in it. And that's the other thing too. If anyone would want to speak to me on OWL, I'm usually on there. And now you can also say, talk to this person and it'll text me. And it never gives away your phone number. So it's, very, it's a very safe way for people to talk to experts and get advice. So if you don't mind, Josh, I'd love to send yeah. you that information because I think you'd be a great addition to the OWL community as well. Where can people find you? Do you have a website or is it uh, more? My website is still being worked on. You can hit me up on Instagram at artisan underscore Josh, or you can hit me up by email at specialties at gmail.com. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me. The community is very big on Instagram. So if you're not on Instagram and you're looking into tiny houses, I would suggest you definitely get on Instagram because the community developed, it grew big on Instagram and that's where a lot of us communicate with each other. Social media isn't really my biggest strong suit, honestly. I didn't grow up in it. When I went away, telephone calls were 20 cents. When I came out, there weren't any phone booths on street corners. Technology blew past me. I'm getting back into the groove of things. I have an iPad now, which is just a phenomenal invention as far as I'm concerned. It's the greatest thing since sliced bread. The only way to really get in touch with me now would be either by email or by Instagram. Wonderful, wonderful. I hope this isn't too personal. When did you get out? When was your last day? In October 1st of 16th. And I spent the next 71 days building my house and I hit the road in the beginning of 2017. How did you know about construction or did you learn this <laughs> as you were doing it? 
I was blessed. When I first got incarcerated, I was given the opportunity to go through several educational programs that were offered by the institutions that I was at. One of those programs was called the Top Step Program. The Top Step Program is a program that teaches inmates everything you need to know about getting a general contracting license. What would normally take anybody on the street 18 months to two years of schooling to do to get the associate's degree and then get their general contracting license, inside it took me seven years to do it. It wasn't because of my grade point average. It wasn't because of anything I did on my end. A lot of times it's just hard to get to class when you're in prison. It wasn't an easy process. That I know of, there's actually only 11 other people that have actually graduated that program since its inception because it's been so difficult to complete. The Top Step program is a phenomenal program. It licenses, bonds, and insures inmates or ex-cons for any job that we complete through the program. Let's just say like on this bus that I'm gonna be doing later, I'm gonna be working on his door. If anything at all goes wrong, I'm licensed, bonded, insured through the federal government for $150,000 bonded against that project. It gives a peace of mind to the client, to the customer that not only am I educated and I've been licensed in it, but if anything, God so help us, if anything should ever go wrong, they know that there's a backup plan and that nothing bad financially could happen to them. The other positive aspect about this program is that we're tested three times a year. We're tested three times a year, and that's important because most general contractors usually don't get retested until about every four, seven, and sometimes 11 years. So there's 11 years span worth of amendments made to electrical codes or, or plumbing codes that some GCs wouldn't know about that we're kept up on top of three times a year. Not only are we up to date on our education and our codes and state-specific applications that we may have to use, but again, it gives us the advantage of being bonded and insured in the project. Wow, congratulations. But you know what? Some people take seven years to get through college. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For you to do it under those circumstances, you really deserve all the success that you're getting and that you're going to get because it could not have been easy. I would love for you to come back and I'd love to delve more into your story because you seem to have such an amazing story, a story of redemption and of this Phoenix rising again. Congratulations, because I'm sure it wasn't easy and it's not uh, easy. It was not easy. It's a lot easier now. Let me put it that way. I got a and smile on my face now that I haven't had on my face for a long time. <laughs> you seem very happy, and I congratulate you on that. Have you had any, not incidents, but have you run into, say, police officers post-incarceration, but you're in your SWAT van and you have something to talk about, or do you not even cross <laughs> paths with... I had one interaction with police officers in New York City. I was actually parked on 30th, right in front of Rockefeller Center, downtown New York. I was parked there for about two weeks, literally like on the side of the road in Rockefeller Center. I was there for about 11 days. I got a knock on my door and it was two New York City police officers who were like, this is amazing. Can we check it out? And I was like, yeah, come on in. Man. Although I have heard of stories of police encounters, I haven't had a bad one. I do everything I can to keep to myself too. Again, I'm not looking to go back, so I'm not really looking to talk to him. <laughs>
Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough conversations with them over my life. I'm fulfilled in that aspect. <laughs> yeah, that is too funny. I'm sure you have. You've had your fill. <laughs> Thank you for being so open with your life. And one day, or maybe even on a private conversation, I'd love to ask you more questions about that. Again, your road to redemption. There's such literal things going on here with you and such a yin and yang from being incarcerated in a tiny space to still being in a tiny space, but so free. You can go anywhere in the US that you want to go. My goodness, you were living in downtown New York. I would imagine some of the priciest real estate in the world and yep. you're there for 11 days and your home is right all, there. All I did was feed the meter and then move up one space every day. <laughs> That's it, just move one space every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would imagine that that also probably got very expensive. Though. It wasn't too bad because if you do the if you do the twenty four hour option, I think it was like twenty two bucks. It wasn't too bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Trying to get a hotel for ten or twenty times that. And I've done that in Miami. I've done that in New Orleans. I've done it in Southern California. Literally all over the country. Anywhere that I can find a parking spot, anywhere that a regular car can fit, I'm in there. No worries. Yeah. Have you ever gotten a ticket? So Either parking I, or speeding? Never speeding. I never drive faster than my guardian angel can fly. I got to keep up with that one. But I did get a ticket. There were three of us, actually. We left the 2020 California Tiny House Festival down in San Diego. We left there and we went into Big Sur. As we were traveling down, it got dark. We were actually on the Pacific Coast Highway. and We just pulled off on the side of the highway and went to sleep. We woke up the next morning. And we were all inside the schoolie. It was me in my tiny house. It was a gentleman in a van. And it was a couple in a schoolie. And it was, all three of us were traveling caravan style. And the next morning we got up and we were all eating breakfast in the schoolie. We were all sitting around talking, figuring out how our day was going to go. We came outside after breakfast and all three of us had tickets on our windows. <laughs> so we, we had been there all night. We had woken up. No tickets, but the minute we went inside to eat, the cop very quietly walked around to all three of vehicles while we were sitting there eating breakfast and ticketed us. We got a ticket for parking on the side of the highway. It was a $91 ticket, but the view was freaking, it was worth it. <laughs> In that case, you just leave the ticket out there and stay for a couple of weeks. Might as well have. <laughs> that was my only time getting a parking ticket and it was self-inflicted we knew we didn't need to be there and... yeah you could have woken up and moved right away what a scummy thing to do though a knock on the door it, hey move it and not just exactly no he very quietly while we were eating breakfast three feet away he very quietly walked over and gave all three of us tickets yeah yeah it was uh, definitely yeah. sneaky yeah <laughs> yeah josh once again thank you so much for being a part of Paul Vato Presents. I would also ask anyone that's listening, if you could please do me a huge favor and go over to Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast and give us a follow. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps. Leave us a review also on Spotify and on all the other platforms. I'm also on Good Pods, which is a great podcasting community. And now hopefully I'm also joining the tiny home movement here. Ready for you. Buddy, yeah, thank you. Keep in mind, what I'm looking for is somewhere that would be tall enough for me to do auditions in because I'm an actor as well. So good lighting, which instead of having these lights that I have, 
maybe the built-in lighting and maybe a green screen that I can just drop in the back or like a, a gray screen in the back that I can just bring down. And also to do this, to do a, a portable podcasting studio and an actor studio type of a thing. So if you see anything, anything crosses your path that you think might work for me, please I, keep- I got something for you. If you like this tight body style, I would look into the mobile command version. It's two and a half feet taller six feet longer and i think that might be something i'll shoot you a link please do or if you know of anyone that's selling one and maybe we can look at it what happened to your old ones you sold them and then in order uh, to so move up my first tiny house i sold not to necessarily move up it was more of i didn't have proper storage for my tools in my first tiny house i didn't build the house to store how i make my living I moved out of that and I got this because it's all in one. I can have a small trailer behind and pull most of my tools with it. I can leave that anywhere and detach. If I need to go to the store or whatever, or if I need to make a material run, I can do that in this, but I can still have my workspace separate at the job site. That was why I moved out of those. No, nothing other than that. I just had to make my work situation cohese with my living situation. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. I know that we we're ending it and then I'm like, wait, I have many more questions. So maybe we should do this again. I would love for you to give us a tour of your home. We have so much to share. We love to see the enthusiasm of people coming out to visit us and talk to us. We're all accepting a any race, any shape, any size, whoever you are, wherever you came from. If I can change one person's mind at a festival, to actually come in and do it, it gives me the greatest sense of fulfillment in the world. Yeah. Incredible. Any final thoughts or were those your final thoughts? Josh, thank you for sharing again your wonderful story. Any final thoughts? Thank you thought? very much. My final thought is go tiny or go home. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing your amazing journey and your story. It's a true redemption story, man. Definitely talk again soon. Yes, sir. You should be the poster man for the, this program that got you here where, where you're now. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Everyone, please follow Artisan Josh. It's Artisan underscore Josh on Instagram and follow him. You give him some likes. And if you have any questions, I'm sure he'd be happy to answer them. Love to answer them. Josh, if you have anyone else that I should talk to, by all means, please feel free to send them my way. And thank you again for taking time from your schedule. Uh, because I know you can be outside in nature and I know you have work to do. <laughs> So I got a door to go build. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go fix that guy's door. That's and right. thank you so much uh, for being on Paul Vato Presents. My pleasure.